Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana, and today is sort of part two of a two-part series where I am focusing on the biggest challenge that men and women face in their search for a partner. I'm, I'm trying to distill all the information that I've shared and that other experts have shared. And I'm trying to simplify it. I'm trying to put it into something manageable, something that you can easily focus on and do right away that is going to make a complete difference in your love life. Okay. So that's the thing is what is the number one thing you should focus on? In other words, I sometimes am asked whether when I'm being interviewed on podcasts or these big online multi-expert relationship summits, I'm I'm also, I'm often asked, you know, what is like one piece of advice that you have or what is one mistake that people make that, that, you know, would make a big difference if they focused on that? And so, I'm basically devoting this podcast and the previous one to answering that question. And last week I talked to the men and you know that I said the biggest challenge in a man's life that he faces in his search for a partner is his tendency to not be clear about who he is, what he wants, how he feels and where he wants to go in any relationship that he's in. In other words, I spoke and challenged men to be the initiator of stage development, right? It's the masculine's role. And it's not about gender. Whoever holds the masculine energy, although it usually is with men, whoever holds the masculine energy in the relationship is the one that makes proposals. That's the person that proposes marriage. But it's also the other one that proposes being monogamous or taking profiles down or exchanging numbers or going out on a first date. So just for communication's sake, I just talk about men. Men, you are supposed to propose a date, a second date, that we become exclusive, that we become you know, monogamous. And in order for men to do that, they sort of have to know how they feel about a woman. And so the man's job is to clearly communicate who he is, what he wants, how he feels, and where he wants the relationship to go. So the woman knows exactly where the guy stands. And I harped on Men knowing they have failed when a woman has to ask, what are we doing here? Like, what is this? Are we a couple? Are we dating? Are you interested in a relationship? Are you just playing? Like, what are you up to? 
What do you want? How do you feel about me? Guys, if a woman ever asked you that, you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, I have failed in my primary role as a masculine being. Because our role is to create clarity out of chaos. All right. So that's what we said to men. And I got on men pretty hard. If you listen to last week's episode. And I am going to bring the sword for the ladies this week. Okay. It's equal opportunity spanking going on around here. <laughs> I think sometimes we all need a big, a big hug and we need some compassion and some understanding. I think other times we need a kick in the ass. Well, last week and this week is the old kick in the ass from Roy. Okay. So, you know, get ready. Pucker up a little bit. It's not going to hurt that bad. Um, but it is, I think, something that you need to hear. Now, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to repeat all the caveats that I shared because I'm very committed to trying to be a clear communicator and be a fair communicator and handle these topics in a responsible way and not create confusion, not create misunderstanding, right? Because right now I'm in my masculine role. I am trying to create clarity out of chaos or out of confusion. So if my audience misunderstands me, that's on me for not feeling into how my words might be heard or might be misunderstood and speaking to that right from the beginning. So that's why you hear me a lot of times on this podcast. I have I have put the work in to sort of imagine how I might be misunderstood or how things might be taken in a way that I don't intend them to be taken or how my words could be interpreted to mean something that I don't mean them to mean. And I try to head that off at the pass. I try to speak at the beginning of my podcast and say, all right, we're going into this topic, but I don't mean this. Don't hear me say that. I want to make sure you understand that I'm talking about this and I'm not talking about that, right? That's me practicing what I preached last week. I'm trying to create clarity, okay? And I get feedback sometimes that some people feel like it's a little bogged down and, you know, get to it, get on to it, stuff like that. But that almost always comes from, from people who are not clear in their communications and their, their love lives and their lives have a lot of drama because of it, right? So this is my commitment, and it, I think it really does serve everybody. All right. So having said that, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat all the stuff I said last week. Listen to, to the first 10 minutes of last week, and you can get all those caveats. Except I will repeat one thing. Just as I said last week when I was addressing the men that the ladies should really listen in, and I said that they should listen in because the more you understand the plight of men, the more you understand what they struggle with, the more you understand their challenges, the, the, the better and healthier you can relate to them. You just have a better understanding of what it's like to be a guy, right? So it just helps you as a woman to understand, okay, I, I sort of, I get it. It can bring a lot of compassion. It can bring understanding. It can help you be patient, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
That is exactly the same here. I'm speaking to the women today about the biggest challenge they face, but I want the guys to listen in. Because the more you understand where women are coming from and what they've been through and what they struggle with, the more that you are going to be able to get them. You'll understand and it will make a difference in how you relate to them. You'll have more compassion. You'll have more patience. You won't take things as personally. Okay? So guys, really, I really want you to listen in to this. Now, for both sides, when you listen to me talk to the other gender, I guess we could say, um, not only will you learn about them and be more compassionate, but what you're going to, how do I want to say this? What you're going to see is what I said to the men last week and what I'm saying to women this week, they go together like cookies and milk. Okay. So if men are not clear, it creates the problem I'm going to say that women face. And when women, I'm not saying it yet, but when I get into the topic of what the biggest challenge is for women, you're going to see when you have that challenge, it creates the problem with men communicating with clarity. Okay? So it's like a teeter-tower here. Like, they affect one another. They play off of one another. They create one another. Okay? So we both have work to do here. Men and women have work to do on our own challenges because not only does it help us, it really reduces the likelihood that our partners will suffer from their challenges because one feeds the other. And the more I get into this, the more you're going to see it. All right? Okay. So having laid a little bit of groundwork, um, let's dive right in. And I'm going to dive right in the same way I dived in with the men last week. And before I tell you what the biggest challenge is, I'm going to tell you what the biggest challenge isn't. (laughs) In my mind, I'm going to give you a number of things that a lot of women think is the biggest challenge they face in their search for a partner, but it really isn't. Okay. So number one on the list is I, you know, I just haven't met the right guy yet. Women think the biggest challenge is just meeting the right guy. How do I meet the right guy? Where do I meet the right guy? Does the right guy exist? That is not your challenge. Believe it or not, if you're single, it is not because you haven't met the right man yet. The reason you're single is because you haven't dealt with the biggest challenge that I'm going to tell you about. It's not about that you haven't met the right man. It's really about what am I doing that's keeping me from meeting the right man, right? Because the, I, the mentality that says, well, you know, I just, uh, just haven't met the right guy yet. That's a victim mentality. The word victim means being or feeling at the effect of, I'm at the effect of something else. So I'm single because I'm at the effect of, I haven't met the right guy yet, which means you're disempowered. You, it's it's something happening to you. you know, I mean, just fate, the gods, luck. I just haven't met the right guy yet. So it's happening to me. But the real conscious position is saying, what's going on in my life 
is not happening to me. It's happening because of me. It's happening by me. So if I haven't met the right person yet, it's not because I'm just not lucky or the gods haven't smiled on me or, you know, I just got to play the numbers game and, you know, kiss enough frogs and eventually. No, that's not it. It's because you're doing something that's keeping the right guy from meeting you. In other words, you are sabotaging your love life. You are blocking it. You have some sort of barrier or something that you're doing, the way you're showing up, the way you're moving in the world is creating yourself to be single. It's keeping men away. It's keeping the right guy away. Now, this is a major shift that you need to make in your love life if you want to see any progress. Because as long as you think you're a victim, and I just haven't met the right guy yet, what do you do about that? Right? You're disempowered. How do you change fate? How do you change God's mind? How do you make God notice you and not forget you? (laughs) How do you change your luck? I mean, luck by definition is just random. So when you have that mentality that my biggest challenge is just, I don't know how to meet the right guy. What you're, you're seeing yourself as a victim and there's no solution to that. Old people can say, oh, you should go to this bar or you should join this website or go to these networking events or take up golf or softball or something. They can tell you that. And some of those things are not bad ideas, especially if you actually like golf or softball. But what if it's not that you just haven't been getting lucky What if you have been unconsciously sabotaging yourself and you don't know it? In other words, I use this illustration all the time. To drive a car is a lot like looking for a partner. You get in your car and you want it to go someplace. You want your life to go someplace. I want to meet someone. So I put my foot on the gas pedal and I'm doing things to move my car and my life in that direction. I want to find a partner. So I'm hitting a gas pedal. I'm online. I'm, you know, doing whatever, whatever things I'm doing to find this guy. But if it's not happening, it's not because you don't know where to go in your car. It's not because you don't know which online dating site to drive to. If you follow my metaphor here, it's not like you don't know where to go in your car to meet the guy. It's that the car isn't moving. Nothing's happening. That's because you don't know you have your other foot on the brake. See, the car won't move if you have your foot on the brake. Try it sometime. Hit the gas pedal as hard as you want. But if you have your foot on the, on the brake, the car makes a lot of noise. But it won't go anywhere. And sort of, isn't that you? Don't you make a lot of noise about your love life? But yet it's not happening. And it's easy to think, well, it's just because I don't know where to go. I don't know how to get men to approach me. I don't know how to approach them. I don't know how to flirt. You know, I'm not good at that. I'm not very confident. I'm kind of shy. I don't know what to say. So the reason I'm single is I I just don't know how and where to meet the right guy. No, that ain't it. 
It's that you've got your foot on the brake somehow, some way, and you don't know it. That's the fun part of this <laughs> is that if your life isn't going in the, in the direction that you want it to, it's not because you're, you're not getting lucky. It's because you're actually sabotaging yourself. In other words, you're responsible for your relationship results. So the fun is asking myself, well, then how do I have my foot on the brake? How am I sabotaging myself? And the answer to that is all wrapped up in your biggest challenge for most women, not all, but I'm I'm getting, I'm guessing that, oh boy, 99 out of 100 women listening to me talk right now, this is going to be a major issue for you. If you're single and you want to be in a relationship and you're not, it's going to be a real issue for you. So the first, you know, your biggest challenge is not where to find the guy. Your biggest challenge is not that you make too much money and your career is too prominent and successful and it's intimidating men. That is not why you're single. Because if it was, that would mean every woman who makes a lot of money and has a prominent job and is kicking ass in this world is single. And they're not. (laughs) Okay, so don't hide behind that. It's not because you aren't pretty enough or skinny enough or chatty enough or anything enough because there are lots of women all across the spectrum of conventional beauty that are in relationships. There are women all across the spectrum of fitness that are in relationships. Okay. It's not because you have children or too many children or special needs children It's not because you travel too much and you're on the road. It's not because you work a a, a crazy schedule. Maybe you're a doctor or a nurse and, you know, your working hours are ridiculous and odd times and overnight. And it's not that. It's not any of that. The biggest challenge that a single woman faces that keeps her from meeting the guy in her search is because she has trust issues. That's it. You have trust issues. Now, the first thing that I want you to hear, because something probably happened in your spirit just now when I said that, that's why I paused. Because either tears started to come to your eyes or your breath caught in your throat or maybe anger came up in you at me, but you had a reaction to that. Either it was, yes, that's absolutely an issue that I have or no, it's not. Or you broke down in tears or Fear just came up in you. Pretty much, if you had any reaction whatsoever, that's evidence that it's true. If if you just heard that and you said, oh, trust, meh, meh, okay, all right. I mean, if you had no reaction, if we had a heart rate monitor on you, 
and the heart rate didn't even blip differently, nothing, then maybe not. But everybody else had a reaction to that. So the first thing I want to say is this is nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed of or to beat yourself up over. I'm going to tell you why there are reasons why you have trust issues. It makes perfect sense that it is difficult to open your heart, to be vulnerable, to be truly soft and available and playful. There are reasons for this. So the first thing I want you to hear as we explore this issue of trust is that it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means you are a woman living in the 21st century. And it sort of comes with you from the factory. I'm going to make a case that you're born with this. I'm going to make a case that even if you don't think you're born with it, you're going to end up with trust issues just because of the nature of relationships between men and women on the planet in this day and age. So there's nothing wrong with you for having this issue, but it really is the biggest challenge. Your inability to trust, your inability to be emotionally available And ladies, how many of you accuse men of not being emotionally available? Commitment phobic. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're not. I'm going to sit here and say, if you spot it, you got it. I'm going to sit here and say, there's there's all kinds of flavors of emotional unavailability and commitment phobia. The masculine versions of it are more obvious. I don't want to get married. I don't want to get tied down. They, they call the woman the ball and chain. Okay? So the masculine version of emotional unavailability, you know, men don't talk about their feelings. They don't sometimes even know what they feel. They, they have a hard time understanding your feelings or containing your feelings or being present with them. Okay. So no disputing that men have an issue and usually it's quite obvious, but to be human is to be emotionally unavailable. (laughs) Okay. And women have this, but it's more subtle because normally the feminine is much more eager for connection. Just in basic masculine feminine principles, The masculine in any one of us, man or woman, is not as interested in relationship as it is in success and direction. So the masculine is just not bent and and, and sort of pre-programmed to be as interested in relationship as the feminine is. So your interest in relationship can sometimes mask your own phobia around commitment, intimacy, 
which all leads to a kind of emotional unavailability. Okay? So that's the first thing is having some kind of trust issue is the biggest challenge a woman faces and we have to start with giving ourselves a big hug for that. Like it's totally understandable. And here's why. There is something called evolutionary biology. Perhaps you've heard of it, right? It's that not only do we evolve or evolutionary psychology might even be a better phrase. Not only do we evolve, you know, in species, Okay, but our psychology evolves and in evolution, there are traits being passed on. Okay, and so women, I think women come from the womb from centuries of abuse or abandonment or domination and control. They come from the factory with a type of hidden suspicion about men. One, because men are so much more physically threatening. Men are so much bigger and so much stronger. Whenever you get around something bigger than you, you're going to feel a little scared. Just as a silly example, one of my old golf instructors from 15 years ago or something like that, um, he, he loves horses and he raises like race horses. Okay. He's not only a golf instructor, but he's a horse guy. Right. And he took me out. I think it's called the paddock. He took me out back around his race horses. And he, when he goes out there, they, they think they're going to get fed. And so they come running over. These creatures are freaking enormous when you stand right next to them. And I've never been around horses. I'm a city guy, right? I've, I've never grown up in the country. So when these horses came near me, I was terrified. I mean, they're not going to hurt me, not, <laughs> right? My, my head said, Roy, relax. I mean, they're not going to bite you. They're not going to hurt you, right? But they're so big, right? So <laughs> men are bigger than women. They're stronger than women. And men can hurt women. And they have hurt women. So there's almost a trust issue that you come from the factory with from your ancestors, from the evolution of our species, from thousands of years of patriarchy, okay? Now, I'd like to think we're making some progress in that regard. That's debatable, I suppose. It depends who you are. But I don't think it's arguable that part of the trust issue is just because you're a woman and you're inheriting it. Now, that doesn't mean that you're a victim to that and you have to stay stuck in it. We can evolve beyond our biology and our inherited psychology, right? You know, thousands and thousands of years ago, men um, were leaders of tribes and one of the ways your tribe would survive from other tribes attacking you and from harsh winters and wild animals is you needed to have numbers. You needed to make lots of babies in your tribe. Lots of, lots of men to be warriors, lots of women to have more babies. 
The more that you had, the stronger your tribe, the more you could survive. So men have developed this instinct to have lots of partners and young partners. Okay, It's an instinct. If you ever meet a man who's 40, 50, 60 years old, and, and he tells you, when I see an 18-year-old young little hottie at the beach and I don't feel something about that, he's lying to you, okay? It's in his DNA to make a baby with her, right? To, to procreate. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's, it's natural. Does that mean men can't commit to a single woman? And does that mean men can't evolve beyond their biology? Heavens no. Of course we can. Many choose not to. Many choose not to do the work it takes. It takes some work to to grow beyond your, your instinctual level. What do they call that part of your brain? Right, oh, I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now. Um, oh, the reptilian brain, right? That's the part. Man, powerful, tribal, warrior sees young girl, make baby with her and her and her and her and her. Okay. So that's in us, but we can evolve beyond that. We can see that that's not necessary anymore. We can see that when we do that kind of thing, it hurts everybody and we can be more motivated by love than our instinctual reptilian brain. Follow me? So ladies, even though you've got this predetermined bent toward, I don't know if I trust men. I'm scared of them. I could get hurt, could be dominated. I could be controlled. I could be raped. I could be taken advantage of. Even though that instinct is there, you can grow beyond it. You really can. It takes some work though. And that's what we're talking about here. But in addition to that, even if you don't buy any of that, okay, which is fine. Doesn't matter to me. But even if you don't buy any of what I just said, you have had experiences with men your father, your brothers, your uncles, your your boys in school, you know, the the boys you dated in high school, people you met in college and then in your early adult life and your your adult life and your ex-husbands and your ex-boyfriends. You've had plenty of interactions with men that make it perfectly reasonable that you would have a difficulty trusting. You get what I'm saying? You've been hurt. You've been betrayed. You've been lied to. You've been ghosted. You've been gaslighted. You've been cheated on. You've been dumped. You've been around men who are not clear, who say one thing and do another. You've been around it your whole life. So you're going to have some degree of trust issues. Now, some women, their trust issues might be better described or put into a category of traumatic trust issues. Like they've been through trauma that the residual is trust issues. Like they've been abandoned. They've been abused. They've been raised by alcoholics, drug addicts. Okay. They have a trust issue with men that comes from a trauma and it's at a whole different level. 
Okay? But the women who have been lucky enough not to have that kind of severe trauma in their childhoods, they've still been lied to and hit and quit and played and ghosted and deceived and stuff like that. So you're going to have this. You're going to have trust issues. Okay. They're, they're there. Now, not only is it, is this your biggest challenge, but the biggest mistake women make is they don't put enough effort into dealing with this. They don't make it a part and a central part of their spiritual work. Like, for instance, imagine going up to a random woman, I don't care what age it is, and asking her, what are you working on in your life right now? How many do you think would say, I'm really working on my ability to trust? <laughs> right? I'm not going to say it because it's usually not true. I'm here to say, you need to have that be your answer if you want to end up in a good relationship. Because when you don't trust, when your past is alive in you, either it's your evolutionary past or it's your experiential past, if that is alive in you, then you will keep a wall around your heart. Right? Remember the old castles in the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th century? They had these big walls around the city. Why? Because they were afraid of being attacked. They were afraid of being invaded. So they built moats and walls, really thick, high walls. So nobody could get in. So walls keep you safe. But walls keep you single. So it's your trust issue. On the one hand, you're trying to protect yourself. On the other hand, you're killing your love life. Right? It, 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 on the one hand, you're, you're doing something, in a sense, positive for yourself. But on the other hand, you're actually doing something negative for yourself. Building a wall, being guarded, being suspicious will keep you from being hurt again, but it will keep you from being loved too. Because here's what I know about good men. Good men can tell when a woman is scared to open up and relax and trust and let her guard down. And be playful and sensual and vulnerable. Good men can tell. They can feel it. I, I think maybe average men can. But the kind of man that you would like to be with can tell when you've got a wall around your heart. Because you do certain things. You say certain things. You, you have a certain energetic quality to you. If you have trust issues, you can't hide it. As much as you might want to, you can't. And they can feel it. And I have never met a man, a good man anyway, that wants to go on a date and bring his sledgehammer. I've never met a good man that wants to break down your walls. I've never met a good man that 
wants to try to get through to you. Good men don't want to prove themselves as men of character and integrity. I have no need to prove myself is the way they feel. There's a lot of wonderful women in the world. If you have a wall around your heart, if I can't reach in and grab your soft, available heart, if I can't come into you and put my arms around you and dance with you from the beginning moment of when I meet you, if I feel that you have a handout like a football player trying to keep someone from tackling them, if I feel you keeping me at a distance, I'm gone. Because that woman over there has got a big old smile on her face and her arms are spread wide open saying, come take me. I'm so ready for you. My heart is so vulnerable. My spirit is so yielding. My body is yearning to be entered, to be taken. See, that's what a good man is attracted to. He's attracted to your radiance. He's attracted to your openness, to your trust ability. He's attracted to your ability to not have a wall. So he doesn't have a sledgehammer. And if he did, he doesn't want to use it on you. Not a good man. Because if I meet a woman with walls up, she probably has a reason for that. And I would never want to intrude. I would respect her too much. It's part of her journey. It's where she is. It's not my role to evolve her, to change her, to break down any barriers. I and mean, that's, that's who she is. That's where she, where she is. And I respect that. I honor her path and her karma. But I'm not going to try to make a relationship there. I, I don't want to beat my head against a wall. I'm going to go over there to that woman that's got her arms wide open. Does that make sense? So your biggest challenge is trust, but your biggest commitment in your spiritual journey should be, I got to get rid of my wall. I've got to become less guarded. I've got to become less suspicious. I can't let fear run my life. I've got to learn how to open my heart and be available, right? Because this is how a woman is emotionally unavailable. See, she's got that wall around her heart. She's got a guardedness about her, but she still might be out at the bars. She still might be online because there's a part of her that wants a relationship, but there's a part of her that says, no, I don't, right? The foot's on the gas and the, and the brake. See, so it doesn't look like she's emotionally unavailable. Hey, I'm online. You know, I've, I've got my profile out there. Um, you know, I go out with my friends. You know, I, I, I make myself, you know, physically available, right? But when those women say, but nobody's approaching me, or, or when they do, it doesn't go anywhere. Like so many women tell me that they have a pattern of, Okay, men, men seem to be attracted to me. I get responses online. I get asked out. 
men pay attention to me. I get lots of first dates. I get lots of second dates. You know, sometimes third dates, but it doesn't go anywhere from there. They ghost me. They disappear. It, they don't they don't want to make a commitment. They, and they think it's men have a problem. They don't. Almost always they're feeling your lack of trust. And they're turned off by it. They're like, she's holding me at arm's length. Her heart's not really open. So it doesn't go beyond the first or second date. Now, where men fail is they don't tell you that. They don't, they're not clear to say, you know what? There's a, there's a lot going on between us, but I just don't feel like you're really available to me. I, I don't, I don't, I feel like there's something, I don't know what, what happened, but I just don't feel like I can reach you. And so I'm going to move on and continue my search and I wish you well. See, that's what I wish men would say, because then you'd get feedback. Say, oh my God. Now you might not like to hear that, but if a couple of guys say that to you, right? If more than one person tells you the same thing, it's, it's always true. Don't even argue with it. If two random people tell you the same thing, it's true. One person, eh, it could just be their own hang up. Two people tell you that I just feel like I can't reach you. Like I feel like I'm having to work too hard at this. Um, something like that. They're seeing that you have a wall around your heart and they don't want to break it down. They don't want to put in that kind of effort. See, only a lousy man would want to do that. Only Right? Only a man with his own hangups would want to try to break down your walls. He, he probably has this real insecurity in himself that he feels not good enough. He feels his own undesirability, his own issues. And so it's kind of like, man, if I can get her to open up to me, if I can break through, see, that will prove that I really am a desirable man, that I really am good enough. So it's only unhealthy men that want to break down a woman's defenses. But healthy men are like, they're not mad at you for it. They would understand it completely, but they wouldn't violate it. They, they wouldn't push through your walls. The wall is there to keep them safe. And if they want to be safe, then they want to honor your desire to be safe. They'll just go to a woman that doesn't have a wall. They can walk right in the front gate. Hey, how are you doing? Come on in. Now, of course, there's a risk because somebody could come in and they could hurt you. And that's the trouble with this is because there is no guarantee that you won't get hurt when you work through your trust issues, <laughs> there's no, just because you work on your trust issues doesn't mean you, you like magically will never attract a man who lacks character or integrity. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. You still could get hurt, but you could get loved. See, when the walls are up, you won't get hurt, but you won't get loved. If you work through your trust issues, Somebody could still disappoint you. Somebody could still cheat on you. Somebody could still ghost you for whatever reason. You could still meet a man that took their wedding ring off. 
So you could get hurt. But you won't get loved. Because you won't let yourself get loved. You won't let a man get close enough. This, by the way, is what's behind most people when they're really picky about who they'll date and who they won't. See, women that are picky, they can almost champion that about themselves. I have high standards, right? I'm really picky. Like, I won't go out with just anybody. And and I have this list and these different boxes. I have lots of boxes that need to be checked. Okay. I'm not saying that you should go out with anybody, <laughs> right? But very often what that is, it's a mask for I've got trust issues and I'm scared. So I'm setting the bar so fucking high that nobody will be able to get over it. And I won't have to admit that to anyone. I won't have to tell my friends or family, listen, I'm too afraid to be in a relationship. What I can say is, you know, I've just got high standards, so I just haven't met the right person yet. Bullshit. Your high standards are a defense mechanism. Always? Maybe not. But try it on, ladies. Try that on. And again, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you go out with any schmo or schmuck that asks you. Of course not. You have to look at the motivation for how high you set your bar. Like what's really going on here? Okay? So trust issues. It's your biggest challenge and it should be the thing you work on the most. Now, I want to take a couple of minutes and just give you some ideas. Okay, so Roy, all right, what do I do? Okay, you've convinced me. Good, because that's the biggest part. If you don't really see that this is the issue, then I could give you the greatest pathway to let go of your trust issues that any person could ever give you. And it won't make a difference because you just don't think you need it. So it's more important that I convince you that you've got the problem than it is that I give you the solution to it. (laughs) Because the solution won't make a difference if you don't think you got the problem. All right. So if I've convinced you that the reason you're single is not because you work too much or you've got too many kids or you've got some health issue or you're just not lucky enough to meet the right guy yet. If I've convinced you that you've got your foot on the brake and you're keeping yourself out of a relationship primarily because you are afraid of being hurt again, if I've convinced you of that, then let's talk about trust. Okay. There is three levels of trust. Level one, two, and three. They go from the most common and the most basic to the deepest and the most spiritual. And if you want to have a great relationship, you need to go as deep as you can. You need to go beyond phase one or stage one trust. You need to go to stage two at least and be devoting your life to being a stage three trust person. Now, let me just say something right up front here, okay? 95% of the women on the planet are stage women, stage one women with trust, 95%, okay? Now, by the way, do I need to say this? Men have trust issues too, 
okay? Just like last week, talk about men being clear and letting that letting letting women know who they are, what they feel, what they want, and where they want the relationship to go. Women need to do that too, right? Just women are just normally a little better at that. They 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 normally kind of let you know how they feel, and they're pretty honest usually about what kind of relationship they want. You don't hear too many men complaining that women are players. You know, I met this woman, you know, and she just played me. She was so suave and so charismatic and she got me in the sack and I've never heard from her again, right? You just, you just don't hear that. So, all right. So, but women need to be working on, you know, being clear about who they are. But for men, it's a bigger issue. And men have trust issues too, right? Men have been hurt. Men can have a wall around their heart, all right? But men have never been dominated for centuries by women, right? They don't come from the factory distrusting women, right? They, 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 we, don't, we might have trust issues, but it's nothing like a woman's trust issues, all right? So having said that, almost everybody hearing me is a stage one trust woman. I'll explain what that is. Maybe 4% of women on the planet are stage two trust women. And you might meet one stage three woman in your life, and I'm just here to tell you it's not you. Okay? Please don't call me up and say I'm a stage three woman because if you were, you would never be listening to this podcast. So let's start there. What is a stage three woman? (laughs) The stage three woman is an enlightened being. Her trust is not in men. It's not in who they are and what they do. Her trust is not in herself that she believes she can handle anything and survive anything and that she will learn from anything and be better from whatever relationship. She's beyond even that. She just is absolutely surrendered to the wisdom of how life is unfolding. And she absolutely trusts that she is okay, she will be okay, and everything that's happening is absolutely perfect. She doesn't get triggered. She doesn't worry. She has absolutely no fear, no anxiety. She is just wide open. She is Jesus with a vagina, is what I'm saying. She she is Buddha with a vagina. She just trusts life. If she has religious beliefs, she trusts God. She's like David in Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Though I walk through the valley of a bunch of men who are lacking integrity and lacking character, and I don't know what they're up to or what they're doing, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Okay? They have such an intimate connection with source that nothing can hurt them. And they they don't ever worry about being hurt because they can't be hurt because their life is hidden, you could say, in source, that they are so one with life that 
that they just trust. And because they trust, they would never look for a partner in the first place. Because they're trusting that if life wants them to have a partner, life will take care of that. It will just happen. So they don't listen to podcasts on how to find a partner. And I'm not insulting you for doing so. <laughs> okay. What I'm trying what I'm trying to say is don't kid yourself that you're stage three, because I've had so many clients when they hear about these three stages, try to tell me that, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a stage three type. And I'm like, you would never even work with me. What are you talking about? Like, come on, wake up, right? I mean, get a grip, okay? A stage three trusting person never gets triggered, never has any anxiety. No matter what happens, they get a cancer diagnosis, you're dying in six weeks. That's absolutely fine. That is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And I have, I have no desire in me for it not to be this way. Okay, so are you that kind of person? If you found out you're going to die six, six weeks from now, would you be like, that's absolutely fine. If that's how it's going to be, it's how it's going to be. I love it that way. I do not wish it to be any different. Of course not. Okay, so... But we can work in that direction. We can work to be like David. To feel like thou art with me so much. I'm trusting in that. I'm trusting in something that is bigger than men or women or even myself. I'm trusting in life. I'm, tr I'm trusting in the universe. So in other words, my trust is in something that never changes its mind. Never feels differently from one day to the other never dies, never decays, never disappears, never changes. That's what I'm that's what my trust is placed in. Therefore, when my trust is placed there, oh, I can play with you. And if you break up with me or deceive me, okay, I'm not saying it won't hurt, but whatever. That's you. You're doing your thing. Okay. It it's just I won't be afraid to date you. I won't be trying to interrogate you when I meet you to see what you're up to. I won't be wondering, have you cheated on anyone else? Because we all know once a cheater, always a cheater. See, I won't be in that mindset. I'll, I'll just be trusting you. You're going to do whatever you're going to do. You're going you're gonna to do according to your level of consciousness. And however that goes, it's fine. Because I'm not trusting my sense of security and connection and love is not coming from you. You are not the source of any of that. So therefore, if you do something weird, okay, ouch, but in other words, I say in my book, you might, you might break my heart, but you'll never break me. You see what I'm saying there? That's where we can work. We can be on a path to say, maybe I'll never quite get there, right? But I can be moving in that direction because the more that I'm, that my trust is placed in an imperturbable source, an unmovable source, the, the more freedom it gives me 
to play and take chances and take risks and be open. I often use the illustration of imagine walking on a a high wire across Niagara Falls, right? If you fall, you die, okay? There's a lot at stake. So that would be very scary, okay? You'd be wanting to check that wire. You'd be wanting to make sure everything is secure and all that kind of stuff, right? But now just imagine the high wire is four inches off the ground. Okay, now it's like, there's no risk here. Let's see if I can do a, a spin move on this wire. Let's see if I can do one of those cartwheels on this line. Let me, let me take a little chance because I can't get hurt. Right? So when you're a stage three tr- trust person, you know I can't get hurt. Not really. Not in any profound way. And so I'll walk on this wire. I'll open my heart. I'll be playful and sensual and vulnerable. Now, I won't be an idiot and go out with someone who demonstrates that they're not trustable, right? I'll have boundaries. Don't misunderstand me here. Being a stage three trust person doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean you, you, you ignore obvious red flags. Yeah, you, it doesn't mean any of that. You've got your head on straight. You're, you're not an idiot, right? You're not asking to be hurt, Right? You're just not having any suspicion. You're not approaching a man, seeing them through the last guy you dated. Now, the last few guys have done X, Y, and Z, so I'm not so sure about you. You're going to have to prove yourself to me. I'm going to keep you at arm's, arm's length until you prove that you are worthy of my trust. See, a stage three person never moves in the world that way. They have no wall around their heart. None, okay? But I just revealed the stage one perspective. Stage one trust, and this is almost everybody, their trust is based on the character and behavior of the person involved. I trust you is how you would say it. I trust you. And it's based on your character and your behavior. Are you acting in a way that I can trust? So I've got my trust issues. The way I'm going to let them go and let 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 my and let go and get rid of my wall is if you demonstrate that you're trustworthy. Okay? So your ability to trust is conditional upon the other person's character and behavior. But what that means is you're starting the relationship from I don't trust you. You have to earn it. Now, what quality person wants to earn your trust? Right? They know that you're holding me responsible for something I never did. And frankly, that's not fair. And I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to that girl over there who has her heart wide open. She's not making me jump through hoops. She's not making me prove myself to her before she'll open up and trust me. She's just trusting me from the beginning. And I'm sure if I fuck up, then she'll kick me in the nuts and send me down the road. (laughs) Right? Because most women start from, I don't trust you. You're going to have to prove yourself to me. Good men can feel that. But the other way to start is my trust isn't based in you. My trust is either in source or I'm just trusting in myself that I'll handle anything. And 
I'll learn some lesson. And therefore, I'm open to you from the beginning. There's no wall here. I'm in, I'm, my heart is vulnerable and surrendered and open to you. Let's play. Let's dance. Now, if you show me that I shouldn't trust you like that, if you demonstrate your character and behavior, then I will close my heart and I will get rid of you. But I'm starting with my heart open. In other words, picture your, your heart as like a door. Stage one person, the heart starts with the door closed. And you got to come over here and try to open it. You've got to make me believe that you are a person of character and integrity and I can, and then I'll open this door. The other way, the other way is that you start with the door open to your heart. But as soon as you show me that it, that you're an idiot, oh, I'm slamming that door. You're done. Okay. So a stage one person, they are placing their trust in the other person. Now you'll never feel secure if you trust like that. I'm going long right now, but this is important. A stage one person can never feel really secure because your trust is placed in an untrustworthy person. They are a human. Even if they have great character and integrity, they don't know what they're going to do three years from now. People are unpredictable. Their feelings change. They want different things. They grow in different directions. So if my trust is placed in you, I'm fucked. I can never really relax because I really don't know who you are going to be. Because you don't know who you're going to be. Like, I can't tell you that my wife will love me and be faithful to me five years from now. I can't say that... I trust her because of because I know her. No, she's a she's a, a human. So if my trust is like what everybody does, it's based on the character and behavior of some other person, you never get to feel secure. But your trust doesn't have to be placed out there. The second level is I trust me. My trust is not placed out there in you, and I'm not looking for a trustworthy person. I don't know how you ever find that, by the way. And you'll drive away good people by trying because you'll interrogate them. (laughs) But the stage one trust is I trust you. Trouble. Stage two is I trust me. And what this is saying is, is all right. You're a person. You're a human. You're unpredictable. You don't even know what you're going to do. I mean, of course, I'm not going to date you if I don't have a basic belief that you're, you have some sort of character, right? So I'm not saying that you go out with anybody. Like there is a certain level, like I know my wife, you know, is a person of character. And even though I can't tell you for sure what she's going to do and not going to do, I believe that she is a person of enough depth and enough honesty that um, she's worth me spending my life with her. Okay? So there's a certain level of like you're with a person and 
yeah, I mean, you'd be you'd be stupid to to commit yourself to even a dating relationship when you're seeing the person do obvious things that demonstrate a lack of integrity and a lack of, you know, good behavior. If, 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 right? I mean, you'd be stupid to say, I'm, I'm not trusting you, so I'll go out with you even though you're f- throwing red flags at me like a, I don't know, like a bullfighter <laughs> with, the, with the red cape. Okay? All right? So don't misunderstand that. But stage one is I, is I trust you. That's trouble. Stage two is I trust me. I trust that you're going to do what you're going to do. You're going to act in accordance to your level of consciousness. You're going to make your choices. You're going to follow your karma. Okay? But no matter what you do, I can handle it. Because I'm trusting me. I'm trusting my ability to survive, my ability to handle whatever comes my way, my ability to be able to get through whatever comes. And I'm also trusting that I'll learn something from whatever happens. Maybe I'll learn that I didn't pay attention to some red flags that I should have. Maybe I'll, I'll learn about keeping agreements. Maybe I'll learn about, about communication. Maybe I'll learn about feelings. Maybe I'll, I'll just learn something profound from my relationship with you. Even if you, if you ghost me, if you cheat on me, if you, you know, whatever. Yeah, that'll hurt but I'll become a better person because of it. I'll learn more. I'll be better prepared for the next relationship. I'll learn something about myself. I'll make changes within myself. I'll pay attention to issues that before I didn't pay attention to and it came back to bite me. So I'm just growing from all of my relationships. And that's where my trust is. My trust is in myself to handle it and grow from it and I'll be a better person because of anything that you do. So I'm not trusting you. You're, not, you're fundamentally, by definition, not trustworthy. I'm trusting me. Now, you've met that threshold of you're worth my time. You're, you're worth my devotion because you have demonstrated that you're not an idiot, right? But ultimately... I'm not really trusting in you because haven't, I mean, haven't we all been in relationships with someone that we really thought that they were quality people and people that we could trust and yet it turned out not to be true? Maybe they didn't do something spectacular, but it turned out that, eh, right? So, I'm not trusting you. I trust me. And now I have some security. And the security is not that the relationship is going to last. And it's not that you're always going to love me. And it's not that you will never disappoint me or you won't make a choice that I don't like. Oh, no, no, no. That's not why I feel secure. I'm secure because I know I, I can handle whatever happens and I'm going to grow from it. I'm just going to learn. Life, you know, Earth is where people come to evolve. And I'm here to evolve. And I'm going to learn. I'm going to be a better person because of what I'm going through with you. So these are the things you've got to work on with trust. 
Stage one is people think I'm going to trust you. I got to find a trustworthy person. Stage two is no, it's not about that. It's about me trusting myself and feeling the security that comes from that. And then ultimately, I'm, I'm even going beyond trusting me. I'm just trusting. <laughs> I'm just call it, I'm trusting life or I'm trusting God, I'm trusting source or you can be an atheist and still trust. I just trust. I'm just surrendered. It's all all right. There's just no fear here. Okay? So that is the biggest challenge women face. And it also is the women that the issue that women need to work on the most. And then I describe those three kinds of trust. And I'm saying you're probably a trust one girl. That's why you've got trust issues. See, trust two girls don't have trust issues. And certainly trust three level girls don't even know what the question is. (laughs) Okay. But if you have trust issues, it's because you're a stage one person. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, so it's like, no worries. Join the crowd. Okay. But you can evolve. You can develop through those stages. And that's what I'm here to help you do. If you want to find your life partner, don't call me up and say, Roy, where do I go? Call me up and say, Roy, I need to work on trust. I, 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 need, I need to work on myself. I need to learn how to let go of my past because I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. I've been ghosted. I've been abused. I've been whatever it is. And I, I have difficulty opening my heart and being playful and vulnerable and sensual and spontaneous. I'm guarded. I'm suspicious. I'm anxious, right? Let's just own that and be honest about it. But then pick the damn phone up and call me, okay? Call me and let me help you. And let me come back to one thing I said earlier. Guys, do you hear that when you aren't clear, it triggers the trust? Do you you see it? That when you're playing games and she doesn't know what you're doing, it just brings up all of her trust issues. What is he about? Does he like me? Does he not like me? Is he going away? What do you see it? And when women have these kind of trust issues, it puts a pressure on a relationship where a guy feels very scared to just say, here's where I am. Here's what I want. Here, here's where I think we should go in this relationship. Do you see? They, they both feed each other. They're, they, they go together like cookies and milk. So why don't we all just commit to working on our biggest challenge? And then we can meet in the middle. And we can have this beautiful dance. And that's what this is all about. But it might, it might take some help from me. And I'd love to be that source of support for you. So reach out, Roy at coachingwithroy.com or 407-687-3387. And until next time. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.